Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to episode 15. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about our top tips for level three certification training. But we did want to take a moment to recognize that in the time since last week's episode, it's been a pretty big change in the snowboard industry. Jake Burton, unfortunately, passed away. One of the founders, pioneers, people who have done so much for our sport, not just in what he's done in front of the camera or I want to say he's done so much behind the scenes is really what I'm trying to say for the industry, for companies to actually get involved in this sport. He's made it something. He's, he's one of the reasons why we have the job and we're sitting down at this table right now having this conversation. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put in perspective someone who basically helped create a sport or gave that sport the exposure that led to us both getting involved and, and kind of falling in love with snowboarding and then leading into a career and the, the opportunity to do this for a living. And I think we both just want to take a, take a moment to say thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. And with that, we would like to get started with our episode, which is this week, as you heard Chris say, top tips for training for level three certification. As you've heard us kick off the last two episodes, this is not a division specific This is just myself and Chris's experience through the years doing these certifications and some things we see or common mistakes we see people making as they come to this exam. Level three exam is our full cert exam. It's our top exam as a national certification across the country with both Alpine and Snowboard recognizing that full certification. And as such, it is not a small exam. Nick and I both failed our first level three exams going through yep. this process. And, uh, and you know, it, it's a big learning experience for a lot of people. We look at level one as being a lot of clinic level two is kind of that first experience of an exam and level three, you need to come in showing ownership and mastery. And that level is high. That bar is set high. It's set high in all three rounds. As far as teaching, writing movement analysis, I'll jump right in with my number one, piece of advice if I was going to give someone going to their level three, which is the exact same as it was for level two, which is heel to toe side turn. The heel to toe edge change. So at level three, we look a lot for retraction, a retraction type of turn, which is a form of most flexive edge change you'll hear us say in the US. That turn, when people start to try to get retraction, they're trying to add a little bit more power, a little bit more intensity into the turn. And they actually end up doing this movement from heel to toe late. They'll do a quick extension of the knees a lot of times to build some tilt or some rebound in the snowboard. And then they'll be late in their retraction movement. Going for level three, one of the biggest things I see people fail on in the riding portion, skidded turns, retraction, heel to toe. I absolutely agree with that in terms of looking at movements that people are regularly struggle with at the level three exam. It is that retraction movement on the heel side and people tend to cheat it by making that extension move and edge set, which if you look at the body posture, you're now actually most extended at edge change, not most flexed through retraction. And it's that feeling. And I I coach people kinesthetically to 
feel that hip flexor pulling the knee and the ankle, collapsing those joints and pulling the snowboard towards you versus pushing it away from you and building pressure. It's that, it's that pulling motion. You should really feel that hip flexor engage and feel the femur pulling towards and collapsing the hip joint, the knee joint, and the ankle joint. Core, core tension. Core tension. Core tension. I think that core tension is huge at the level three for retraction. You sit on that machine, whatever it is in the gym, where you're resting on your forearms and your feet are dangling and you're pulling your legs up to you, you're retracting your legs up to you, that works out your abs, that works out your core. So people, a lot of times, tend to think about retraction being in the quads, the hamstrings, but really retraction is so much based around the core. So making sure you're really in tune with your core and keeping some tension in there so you can pull your legs up to a tight core. That machine in the gym, which I also don't know the name of, yep. <laughs> or jumping on a trampoline where you're in the air and you can pull your feet up towards you and, and get small in the air, retraction, that movement. And it's really key if you can isolate and get a sense of what that movement feels like, either in the gym or on a trampoline, get a sense of what that, what that movement is, that's going to help you be successful at your level three. What did you fail in your on your level three? I don't think I actually know this. Uh, and at the time in Rocky, it was a two-day exam. It was a teach-MA day combined and a riding day. And I failed the teach and I failed the riding. I passed the MA, mm -hmm. but still had to reset it because at the time it was one full day was teaching MA. So you're scored separately, but you had to pass the both teach and MA to pass that day. Interesting. So you had to go back for two full days. Yeah. So it was a I full did. reset. Basically. Full reset for me. Um, my teach, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't carry the theme all the way through it well enough. And like, when I look back at that teach, I, I had a really good idea and I implemented it well in the first two pieces of my progression. And then I never really got body specific or body part specific in my, my biomechanic description of what I wanted people to be doing. And I dropped the theme. So the first two pieces of the exercise kind of started to tell the story and I just lost it as I went and didn't connect all the dots. Such a common mistake, isn't it, with people as far as getting to a clear, we even said it on last week for level two, but it's even more important to level three is getting to that specific point or specific outcome you're trying to achieve so that people have a solid takeaway versus guided mystery versus guided discovery, right? We yep. talked about that in the last episode. In level three, there's no bones. You're not getting thrown any bones. It needs to be clean. It needs to be tight. There needs to be no room for, oh, well, some people interpreted it this way and some people interpret it this way. No, it needs to be clean, tight, and to the point. Not to say that you can't do things indirectly, but you need to make sure you get to something that everyone gets something out of. Yep. And I, and I look back at that teach and it was a strong start to a teach and it, it just fell apart. I did not connect all the dots. I didn't, I didn't tell that consistent story all the way through and I didn't continue with the specificity or show mastery of that subject. I didn't make it clear that it, that it was at the level. And then on the writing, both heel to heels and switch retraction carvies that I struggled with. And if you like look at those root, everyone talks about how they failed on, on the task, right? But if you actually look at what was happening there, that's a retraction movement pattern that I was not showing on that day. I didn't have mastery of, and and that's where I was unsuccessful. As common and easy as it is to blame the examiner and look at those one or two tasks, the reality is I wasn't demonstrating that movement pattern, especially heel to toe retraction, and the examiner picked a couple of tasks that highlighted that, and I wasn't able to show that movement pattern. Heel to toe. That is biomechanically one of the hardest movements to get. Then you blend that with separation. 
a true separation you see so often, not a a clean separation. I, I don't know exactly how to say it, but a lot of times you see the shoulders and the hips follow through the whole heel side turn, and then late people throw the shoulder in to the toes, and then the feet follow, versus allowing, especially in the bumps, your shoulders to be pointed down the fall line, feet to actually steer the turn, board the turn underneath the stable upper body, and finish the turn with the shoulder staying pointed down the fall line into a retraction move. That's so hard to do. That That is one of the most difficult movement patterns we have in our whole organization. Yeah. What about you? What were you unsuccessful at your first go? Level two, I was unsuccessful in movement analysis. And the reason I'm going through is because I have to remember it in this order is level two, it was movement analysis. So I trained extra hard, thought I was still going to fail that at level three, but I was able to pass that, but I failed my teach by a mile because I, the division I was in, we were talking about, our teach had to be based on a concept and it was up and waiting versus down and waiting. (laughs) And I defined it straight off the bat totally wrong and then that just led me down the rabbit hole of everything that I built my base on from the very beginning of what up on waiting versus down on waiting was was completely wrong so I had everyone stand jump up great up on waiting now everyone stand with their knees totally locked and I want you to pull your snowboard off the ground and fall to the ground that's down on waiting Turns out that's not down and waiting, Chris. <laughs> that's actually retraction. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was how I started my teach. So I, I failed within about the first 60 seconds <laughs> of my teach. So, so being sure that you understand the concepts, what they all mean, how they all apply would be my big takeaway for that. I think that's going to be a common theme in this episode is specificity and mastery. And that's Level three, you need to have a broad base of knowledge and also depth of knowledge in all of those aspects. And it's the full cert across our country. And we expect a full cert to have a pretty high level of understanding and ability to show and demonstrate that that understanding. That understanding comes in in teaching and movement analysis as well. We get into movement analysis. I see a lot of people stuck in the level two movement analysis realm where they're going from one phase to another phase with cause and effect. When really at a level three, I'm looking for them to actually link back to the same phase they started with. So you might hear some people call it a cause and effect loop. So it's like you might start with seeing a movement in the control phase of the heel side turn. And you can trace all the movements down all the way back through the toe side, back to the control phase of the heel side turn and see this loop that happens. So because the rider is rotating their shoulders in this direction in the middle of the heel side turn, then they have to make this at the finish, which then has to make them make this at the initiation, which then has to make this at the control. And you go all the way around and around so you get back to that initial phase and the initial movement pattern that you started with. And you're really clear and really able to explain those movements that are happening and the cause and effect that that has to the snowboard and the outcome on the snow. That's level three movement analysis. When it, when I explain it to people, that's one of the ways I explain it. At the level one, we're often looking at still images or basic movements in isolation. At the level two, we start looking at how that greater effect is, whether that's body to board to the outcome in the snow, whether that's from the initiation into the finish of a turn or from the finish into an initiation. But looking at things at that level three, we want to see 
that you understand that sometimes a glitch in the heel side is what's causing the problem in the toe side yeah. or that, you know, that there's a pattern that's repeating through every one of those turns that you can see the rider in motion, not just that stop analysis. And, and sometimes that's helped to explain that to people that at level one, it's a still image at a level two, it's like a, a choppy, uh, still motion and level three, you should be able to run that thing through full speed and explain yeah. what's happening from initiation control finish into the initiation control of the next turn. That specificity with the turn shape, and we expect you to be able to get specific with every detail. We expect the same thing for your level three in the teach. Specific with every student, though. It's it's no longer being able to address subsets of the group or, hey, here's what everyone's overall interested in. It's here's your interest and your interest and your interest. And I, when I present information or I give you feedback, I am somehow going to make that relevant to you specifically, whether it's your interest or your learning style or your specific need and feedback that you need about whatever task we just tried. That is super important in teaching. I like the way you put that, that specificity and, and being able to draw out the individual. You're still teaching to a group of people, but at a full cert, we expect you to be able to tailor that to every individual within your group. That I know Nick likes race cars, and so I'm going to talk to Nick about race cars. I love race cars. Yeah, you like race cars, so I I'm going to tailor my lesson to those race cars. Exactly. Versus someone else likes music, and so you're going to talk to them about music. And being able to customize your lesson to each individual in the group and not just teach to the group, that's a key level three indicator. And then you can take that and move it through multiple different direct and indirect teaching styles to make that lesson come to life. You're incorporating the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic. You're bringing all those things in that people want and need specifically as individuals. That's a good level three teach. I think the level threes come a long way from the stories you hear, like you used to show up and just have no idea what you were going to go for. And I think it's very built around the advanced to expert lesson and in most resorts these days. And that could be at a, at a mountain in the front range in Colorado, include a pretty high level of freestyle to somewhere in Big Sky, Montana, where you're going to be doing a lot of big mountain steeps riding. Mm -hmm. The full cert instructor, like if you're, if you're a full cert, you carry that pin that says, I can teach anything, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, and, totally. And people, people get stressed out about the level three exam, but the reality is you need to have the experience as an instructor. You need to have the experience snowboarding you need to be confident in your abilities that you can get thrown into anything, anytime, anywhere. And that's that's a big level of mastery and a big level of accomplishment in our industry and a big level of experience that says, yep, sign me up for whatever you got. Awesome. In closing, what do you think is the average time frame it takes from someone becoming an instructor to getting their level three certification? I think it's often five years at a minimum. And a lot of that has to do with your experience snowboarding beforehand. And it's really easy to look at those one or two people you know who move through the system faster than that. But that's usually because they had experience in professional presentations or in, you know, they had 30 years of snowboarding before they started teaching or yeah. some other element like that. But if you look at someone who really was a, was a recreational snowboarder and then started instructing and started going through the certs, Five years is a probably the ideal zone of actual experience teaching and shorter than that. And you're going to start hitting some pretty big walls in experience and understanding how to move. Uh, what, what would you think? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I, I kind of consider it a bachelor's degree. Yeah. I consider the level two being an associate's degree and the level three is your bachelor's degree. It's about four years, four to five years, depending on your schedule, who you are, what classes you're taking, what experience you have. Four to five years. That's really what I see it happening at. I like that. So then moving into a trainer status is your... Masters. Masters. Yep. And, yep. And DCL the, yeah. or a trainer would be your master's degree. And then getting into examining and then high-level examining and then certifying trainers, you get into your doctorate, professorship. I've always kind of looked at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Nick Alfieri. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, yes. Dr. Chris. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. So in that, um, that is our top tips for level three certification. This is as Chris said, a very high-level certification. There's so much more to it than what we were able to communicate in this podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please get in touch with us on Facebook, on our page, All I Really Need to Know, I Learned From Snowboarding, or you can email us at learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please stay tuned for next week's episode. All I Really Need to Know I Learned From Snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri. And me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.